This is John Byrne, the lead pastor here at Grace Fellowship, and this is the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, recorded deep in the depths of the Grace Fellowship basement here in Lakewood, Colorado. We dive a little deeper into Sunday's sermon. I'm Johnny McCloskey, and I'll be your host on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast. Welcome. Welcome back to the podcast. We're glad you're here today uh, with us, joining us uh, this morning. Actually, it's morning right now, but uh, we're in episode number 78, John. Uh, in your series. My series. Contender. The series. The Contender series. Well, I, I call it your series. Okay. Because it's not, I'm not preaching on it's this. It's not your series? Yeah, I'm not. It's not, it's not so. my series. So. All right. Our, how about our series? Our, the church series. The church series. series. Contender. And this, uh, this week was the... Um, the title of the sermon was Don't Slander What You Don't Understand. Yeah. And so this is the very first year, actually, speaking of not understanding stuff and slandering. Um, this is the first year I kind of tried to pay attention to politics. Oh, yeah. Which I think was a bad idea. It was a really bad it was idea. A bad, it was a bad time to try to stay informed because as I'm watching everything go, go down, it, it's just so much chaos. Yeah. And there's a lot of misinformation on both sides. And it's very confusing. Yeah. And people are slandering like crazy. Everybody's slandering everybody. And so basically, the title of your sermon, Don't Slander What You Don't Understand, um, really talks, this goes hand in hand with the election perfectly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, yeah, we don't understand a lot. And there's, I'm not sure anybody understands anything at this point, but we all like to pontificate and, you know, go out there and like, uh, you know, talk a lot. I don't know if the candidates even spew understand. out opinions. I don't think the candidates even understand what's no, going right? on. No, right? And yeah. then there's lawyers everywhere. Lawyers. I, I'm sure. Lawyers are great at one thing, confusing everyone. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, they're so good at that. Like, well, we got to file this and we got to file that. And then we got to go to this court and that court. And yeah, it's crazy. It's super confusing. So we need some Chris Erskine dicks. I got to call him and say like, hey, can you explain this to me? What's going on? Well, why don't you, you know, I know you probably wanted to touch on it a little bit. Just, you know, we just kind of... uh came out of that and we're still kind of in it and whatnot so yeah obviously i mean most of the time you know you have an election on tuesday in november and by the time the night's over maybe sometime early the next morning you you have the results you kind of know what the results are and who won and all that kind of stuff we didn't um you know it's it's been now it's projected by almost everyone that i think uh real clear politics hasn't projected it yet but almost everybody else has projected biden to be the winner uh, and, and of course, there's more questions about the presidential race than the other races that were going on um, here in Colorado. Of course, it kind of we're a very blue state, so um, so if you if you're if you tend to vote red and you're in Colorado, sorry, but that's just what where you live. Um, if you're blue, you got your way and you got what you wanted, and that's kind of how it was going to go in Colorado, and everybody kind of knew that. But around the country, we look and we go, man, what are we what are we supposed to think? And there's a lot of Christians. Um, that are very, very strong Trump supporters and wanted Trump to win. And uh, so far, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Um, some are still holding out hope with lawsuits and worried about voter fraud and all kinds of different things are going on. And of course, uh, there, but there were a lot of uh, Christians who were very much Biden supporters. And um, and quite frankly, a lot of Christians are mad at each other. Uh, you know, a lot of us are, are, you know, the Trump people are mad at, the Biden people and the Biden people are mad at the Trump people. And, um, and I, I just, uh, you know, I, I definitely have, you know, somebody I voted for and, and that kind of thing. Um, and, and you probably did too, but you know, man, it is, it is so tempting to get caught up in the politics of this world, to get all caught up in it 
and to worry about what is going to happen next. What's going to happen to our country? You know, what, what, uh, what's going to happen to the church? What's going to happen to my, my way of living? What's going to happen to um, the things that I value and hold dear? What kind of world are my kids and my grandkids going to have to grow up in? Uh, all, all those kinds of questions come flooding in. We worry about religious liberty. We worry about the life issue. We worry about maybe our taxes going up or, or going down or whatever the case might be uh, up in this case. And, um, you know, so we worry about all these things. And, uh, you know, to quote Jesus, uh, tomorrow has enough worry of its own. And, and there's really not a lot we're going to do. We've cast our vote. We're going to watch. We're going to see what happens. Um, that doesn't mean we shouldn't have thoughts about it. We shouldn't have opinions about it. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, again, and I, and I put something up on Instagram and Facebook this morning. You know, I was reading um, uh, in Philippians uh, chapter 3. And, um, and it, was ta- it was talking about citizenship in heaven and citizenship in the kingdom of God. And, and for us as Christians, I, this sounds trite. It sounds like a platitude. But we need to remember that that's where our ultimate um, allegiance is, is, is with Jesus Christ in the kingdom of God. And, and whatever happens to the United States happens. And I, you know, I honestly, most of the time when we think uh, death and destruction are coming and the sky is falling, it's usually not, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so, so let's just trust God in, in the midst of that and understand that uh, the sky is not falling. We're going to be okay. Um, you know, I could say a lot of things about the election itself. I'll, I'll, I'll probably not choose not to do that here. But, but you know, but it's, it's, it's just not. It's, never as, it's almost never as bad as you think it's going to be. Now, occasionally in history, right, you get some pretty bad stuff, of course. Could that be on the horizon? It could, but it's not going to happen next week. It's not going to happen next year. Yeah. Um, and I think we just need to relax a little bit, take a deep breath. Rem- remember that Jesus is, is in control. God is sovereign uh, and his grace is sufficient for all our needs. Yeah, I mean, it's hard, you know, talking about the, the series Contender, you know, yeah. and even this sense of battling and whatnot. And and, and I'm just going to talk about the elephant in the room, you know. Um, you know, I, I'm a Republican, yeah. but I had a hard time. Yeah. You know, I had a hard time voting, um, voting in this election and the last election. And it was just hard for me um, a lot of in a lot of ways because, you know, I— you know, while I like love the policies, you know, and I love pro life, and you know, I want to yeah. protect, protect, yeah. you know, whatever. And the the taxation to me is it's you know it's I'm not against or for you know like, you know whatever I I can go either way as long as it's done responsibly. Yeah, which you is know? the problem. But yeah, 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 that's the problem. Yeah. But but I mean, I can go either way yeah. uh, as long as it's done responsibly. Um, but I just had I did have a hard time, honestly. If we're, we're going to talk about it, I yeah. did have a hard time a little bit with with his character a little bit the yeah. way he treated people the way he talked to people um and and i remember i remember in 2016 you called me i don't know if you remember this i was driving i remember where i was you called me you're like john man what i'm having a hard time with trump Mm -hmm. and you were having a hard time with some of the things that the way he talked about people and i have a hard time with that too right like he's not uh, very respectful. He's got nicknames for everybody, and as much as I want to laugh at them, they're they're rude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's you find yourself laughing at something that you probably shouldn't laugh at. Um, and and we can we can say whatever we want about about him and about his the, the way he speaks, the way he treats people. Uh, on the other hand, by by you know according to the people that are close to him, he treats them very well and those kinds of things. So he's obviously selective yeah. he's, about who he treats well and who he and doesn't. He does it, maybe he does it for a show too. And, you know. He, and you know, I don't know if you guys watched if you watched any of his. Uh, it just dawned on me this I don't know a couple weeks ago now. Um, you know, I was catching a, one of his rallies or whatever it was on. You know, they were 
it was on TV a little bit, and I was just I was just watching him. I like to watch people and how they communicate, uh, body language, stuff like that. That's very interesting to me. Um, and so I was watching, and I'm like, I'm like, he operates those rallies like a stand-up comedian. I mean, the the rhythm, the pace, the uh, he does crack jokes. I mean, that's kind of if you go back and watch, and then you go b- watch a stand-up comedian, you're like, oh wow, this the communication style hmm. is very very similar. Um, and I think that's why people like his rallies. But again, we can we can we can look at him and say, yeah, he's got some character issues, right? Marriages and and adultery and and all the stuff that people bring up. You know, the comments uh, that I don't remember who it was, Entertainment Tonight or TMZ or somebody like that brought up. You know, back in 2015 or whatever um, that he made about women and and things like that. You know, those are um, those are problems. But we should also recognize this, and and, and this is where I think that people people struggle um we have there's some character issues with biden as well right and uh he was accused of sexual assault like trump has been he was um you know there, there was issues with you know was he getting wealthy off his family name while he was vice president things like that there's a lot of character issues with him too but he's nicer we think yeah he presents himself he nicer. presents himself yeah. nicer mm-hmm. he's not as as rude and although he's had some moments too right so sure uh it's always a challenge. Yeah. It's always a challenge. Well, I think, I guess, uh, you know, even the point of my, my kind of where I was going with this too, was the idea that, um, we're supposed to be contending. We're supposed to be battling And, you know, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm really want to battle for, you know, the protection of, you know, inf- infants and all the that unborn, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, the unborn. be a voice for the voiceless as mm-hmm. it says in Proverbs. Yeah. And, yeah. and then we had a proposition here in Colorado to vote for, oh, uh, to, man. to at least limit, you know, how early it can be done. And, and it's just like you, you battle and you battle and you contend and you contend and then you yeah. just, it's over and it just didn't seem to go. I feel like the, you got stabbed in the heart. It didn't seem like it went, went as yeah. well. You know, I think, I think honestly here in Colorado, cause we all knew Colorado was going to go for, for Biden. Like there was never any real question. Right. Um, but I think you hit on it like prop one fifteen, which was the, the pro-life amendment to help, uh, yeah. Pro-life-ish. Pro-life. Yeah. Pro- pro-life-ish yeah. towards pro-life. Yeah. It was basically preventing abortion after 22 weeks, which mm-hmm. 22 at yeah, 22 weeks, uh, if a baby's born at 22 weeks, it, it'll survive. It can survive. I mean, depending on what's if there's other issues or whatever. But but like they often survive just fine. So so this is at a point in pregnancy when the baby um, could survive outside the womb with some assistance. Yeah, of course. But yeah. like a newborn that sure. fully grown needs, needs assistance. Needs assistance needs as well, right? Yeah. It's got to be fed and sure. you know things like that. So like. You know, uh, yeah, and I'm just and, trying to be fair, but yeah, yeah, but you know, and and I had a conversation with somebody who uh, I know pretty well, and she was against Prop 115, and um, and I was for it, and and I think there was a lot of misconceptions, right? Because pro-lifers, which if you are a Christian, you should be pro-life, like Bible teaches, based on what the Bible teaches, you should be pro-life, mm-hmm. and what science says, um, and I'm not going to go into all that, but. You know, science says it's a human, it's living, right? It's not mom and it's not dad. It's its own distinct DNA, its own its own distinct human. Yes, it's inside the mother, of course. Um, and, and so we know what it is. It's a human being, an innocent one. And, uh, and, and scripture says that it was created in the image of God. Whether you go to Psalm, you know, 139 or Genesis 1 or there's lots of places you can go. And even, even in the law in the Old Testament, the life of the unborn was treated as a human life. In other words, if somebody did something to a pregnant woman and, and it cost the life of the unborn child, it was to be treated as 
uh, limb for limb, life for life, right? Like it was, there was the punishment was as if that unborn child was a human and it was murdered. Mm -hmm. That's how it's treated in scripture. And so, and even our American laws, a lot of places do that. And then they, but they also allow you to go in intentionally and kill it. So there's an inconsistency there. Um, it was, but so, so you ought to, based on scripture, you ought to be pro-life. I'm, you know, I know some, there might be some people that really have a hard time with that. And I get that. And we can talk about health of the mother, uh, rape and incest and those things. We could have conversations about those things, but that's, that's like under 2% of all abortions. So it's not, so even if I grant you those, the rest of the 98% save so so many. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So, so yeah. So I was really disappointed. Prop 115 did not pass. Uh, and yet we're worried about wolves, you know, mm-hmm. I forget what proposition that was. And we're, we're going to, we're worried about having wolves in the Colorado, but we're, we're going to allow us to go ahead and continue killing the unborn. Yeah, I it's, know. It's, it's just, it's just rough, but I think, yeah, so it's, it's hard because you want to contend, you want to battle and, and sometimes it just feels like it's just, you feel you can't defeated. Win. Yeah. And that's even like going back to the Trump thing. It was like, I just wish I, in my opinion, I wish I had a little bit better of a contender to vote for. Right. Um, someone, I mean, and in reality, I don't know if, if, um, a solid, uh, solid Bible believing Christian would even have a shot in this. Oh culture. yeah. Well, you know I don't saying? know, man. I tell like you, you what. gotta, you gotta have someone who's going to be a little edgy, I guess. Yeah. So I, I tell you, and I know we're kind of getting into politics a little bit, which is okay. I actually said, Johnny, let's talk about it. It's, yeah. it's on everybody's mind. Um, and whatever happens, I mean, the likelihood is it's, you know, Biden's going to be our next president, right? Uh, come January 20th. But Christ um, is still king, right? But Christ is still Jesus yeah. is still king, and yeah. we should never forget that. And um, if, and, if, and if Trump was president, Christ is still king. That's right. And you gotta be careful. And there are to... things I have, you know, like you said, I, I'm I'm conservative. I like a lot of what Trump did, not a lot of what he said. Um, I don't like his history any more than um, I don't I don't like Biden's history either. I, both of them have have. I think ethical issues and policies are ethical. Those are ethical as well. And in reality, John, we all have, and that's got, that's a good to point later. We're going to talk about this a little bit later, but we all have ethical Absolutely. issues. And that's, I think that's the reality is, is we're going to talk about something later on. Um, that's hard to talk about. And Oh, great. And the reality, <laughs> the reality is I think, um, we have to remember that we all have ethical issues and yes. we have to address them. Yes. You know, and we can't ignore them. So that's right. And so, yeah, so the election is what the election is. Don't fret. Don't worry. Don't, don't get anxious. Don't, uh, don't let that overwhelm you. Um, turn the TV off. Stop going on face on social media if you need to for a couple of days. I did that. And then people got mad at me because I didn't comment on, on Facebook about stuff that was said when I was kind of checking out for a couple of days. Mm. And then I'm like, I can't be everywhere, hear everything and comment on everything. I, I can't do that. So please don't hold me to that standard. I'm not a news organization. I'm just a person who has a job and has to do other stuff, by the way. Yes. <laughs> you know, like I can't get to everything. So if I didn't condemn whatever you think I should have condemned or, <laughs> or praise whatever you, you think I should have praised on social media, just chill out. Uh, relax a little bit. I've, I've gotten accused of that a lot. You get in, you get in trouble on Facebook. <laughs> I do, and I do, and I'm pretty open with what I think. Yeah, for the most but it's part. Good. But you are contending. You're th- you're. I'm going, trying you're to. Out there. Yeah. But to back to this though, like I'm more concerned about contending for the gospel than I am for politics. This will come and pass in a couple months. Mm-hmm. Like we're not going to be this. The, the election's not going to be the top of everybody's mind as much, right? And so and so we'll be talking about other things, and I'll have other things to talk about, and. And we'll all have other things to talk about. Thank Jesus and uh, stuff like that. So, all right, my last, my last Trump thing. Yeah, and then we'll move on. Okay, because it kind of applies to your sermon a little okay. bit. Okay. 
So you talked about how um, we're supposed to proclaim Christ, yes, and how important that is, yeah, and uh, yeah. And so I look at, I look at, so I look at, you know, and and you know, he he may be, you know, he's maybe just growing as whatever as a his believer, faith is, whatever his faith is. But he yeah. did, he does, he does, he does it sometimes proclaim Christ. Yeah, he he would affiliate. With recently, he said he call, he would call himself a non denominational Christian. Okay, right? whatever he means by that. So yeah, and we you know and 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 so. The question I have is: Is the message of Christ uh, is it more important that the message of Christ be proclaimed with integrity and an upright character, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or simply proclaimed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's the answer. Yes. And yes. 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 Yeah. Well, look. I mean, what, what you know? What would Paul say? You know, some people proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, mm-hmm. and some people will will do it uh, with integrity, with desire for people to. He goes, either way, Christ is proclaimed, right? In other words, he kind of goes, hey, as long as Jesus is being proclaimed, I'm happy. Now, look, I've had tons of people come to me and say, oh, John, you know, uh, Christians are getting a bad name or our witness is harmed because of Trump, because Christians support Trump or, or something like that, which not all Christians do. Not even many prominent Christians have come out against him mm-hmm. uh, in, in a lot. I mean, many, many. And I could, I could list uh, several off the top of my head for you. Yeah, it was a divisive, um, even within the church, it was a, a source of division, it, it, how to vote. It was, and people struggle with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so you know, it is not, look, we are not voting for Trump to be our savior or our messiah or our pastor or our bishop or our whatever. Like, that's not what we, what what we, and I say we, I mean just general Never voted we. for him. Yeah, not, yeah. Not, me, not we as in like myself or whatever, but like, in general, that's not what we're voting for. We're voting for somebody to lead our country, and character still matters. But policies are character as well. Like, there's a whole. This is not. It's hard to separate them. In some it way. is. I mean, it's hard to look. You know, one of my one of my biggest issues. You know, to you know, we might get in trouble for this, but anyways, one of my biggest issues with Biden is he claims to be a, a Roman Catholic, but he's 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 pro-abortion uh, all the way up to birth, and. You know, and when it comes to LGBTQ issues, he goes against the Catholic Church. So he he, all, he says, "Yes, I'm Catholic. This is very important to me, and it's a deep spiritual thing." That's what he says, but then his policies aren't don't reflect that at all. Mm-hmm. And so, so again, I I go, you know, and some people can talk about immigration, and we can have conversations about all that stuff, and that, uh, you know, and that's fine. But I'm just saying, like, that's one of my one of my big issues is. So you can understand when somebody has a problem with Trump, you can understand because you might have a problem yeah. with both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I do. I have a pro. I have problems with. We both do of have them. problem with hypocrisy. We well, see it all the time we, in our own selves and in, in the church. We see it in in public and politics. We're inconsistent. Yeah. Let's just people, can we can we humanity. stop getting mad at people because they're inconsistent? Can we yeah. just stop that? Yes, I'm inconsistent. I try to be as consistent as I can. But I'm inconsistent. So is Johnny. <laughs> what? So are you. Like there is no. I'm yes, inconsistent. You. Like, okay. We're humans. We're inconsistent. We have biases. Yeah. I have preferences. I have opinions. I don't ignore them. I am not a news person that wants to get up and I'm not just telling you the news so that you can decide. I have an opinion and I express it. Mm. And so, and so yeah. So you don't like my opinion, John? Fine. Just you don't so like you know, too, the, the news people don't have. I know, right? There are no news people anymore. Express their opinions. There are no news people anymore. I don't know if there ever were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But whatever. On both sides. On both sides. Yeah. Oh no, you got right. Like you got whatever. Newsmax, which is super conservative. You got CNN, which is super liberal, right? Sure. They're all they are all expressing their opinions. Uh, The the stories aren't aren't that important anymore. Yeah. Uh, So, John, we're supposed to um, just rely on the fact that God is going to ultimately rebuke and correct. And you kind of talked about on your sermon. 
So in reality, we're supposed to still contend and battle and fight yeah. and, and try to do the best we can. But ultimately, you know, that God is going to eventually correct whatever that, however that looks, whatever that looks like. There will be, you know, there will be judgment. There will yeah. be, God will put everything right. Yes. We don't have to be, I think sometimes as, a, as someone who's battling, you know, we feel like, well, I'm defeated and it didn't work. Reality is, there's there's the guy behind us that goes, "I got this," you know. Yeah, I got it. You know, yeah. we're we're it's we're gonna it's gonna get finished, especially the way that he wants it done. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's go ahead and I I only have a couple questions. I figure we're gonna talk a little bit on that. Yeah. Um. So as we kind of continue through our through our uh, podcast this week, so don't slander what you don't understand. Yeah. So I've always been kind of you know when you when you look at and I think you do a good job of this, like you believe what you believe. Uh huh. But you don't just read guys and women or writers who write what you believe. You read both sides. I, I do my best. I, you know, I don't. It's not fifty-fifty. No, for right? sure, for sure. But it's you not do read more than hundred percent. Like I, so I read, I, you know, a book that I've, I've I've read recently that I completely disagree with um, and have issues with, and I knew I would going into it, um, but I read it anyways because a lot of people were reading it, and it's White Fragility, right, by Robin DiAngelo. And so, and so I read that knowing going in, I'm probably going to hate this book. Um, and I did, uh, I was right, but I read it because I wanted to un- at least understand the arguments and understand what she was saying. And, and is there value in there? Is there truth in there that I'm missing? Um, is there, are there things that, uh, you know, whatever I, I read an article by David French who, who I, he's, he's somebody I disagree with. Not as much, not like, not like as much as. Robin D'Angelo, but, but I disagree with him on some things. And, and I was, I listened to him talk about some of those very things that I disagree with him about because I want to understand the argument, right? Uh, iron sharpens iron. You know, Proverbs, I forget, I think it's 18 where it says, where it says, you know, it's talking about legal cases, but it basically says uh, a case sounds right. It sounds good until it's cross-examined. And once it's cross-examined, then all of a sudden you go, oh, wait a minute, there's some issues with it. So I want my views to be cross-examined by the views of people who disagree with me. Mm. And I want to cross-examine their views, right? And so hopefully in the midst of that, we'll, I can arrive at, at what's real and what's true and what's good and what's beautiful, or at least close to it. So do you think it's wise for a believer to read books by an atheist or a heretic? It to depends. See, okay. It depends. What do you mean? Well, if you're young in your faith, I would say spend as much time getting to know the Bible and getting to know uh, what Christian, you know, read Christian authors that are reliable and good, right? They're not just because they sell it in a Christian bookstore. All those, there's not very many of those left anymore, but you know, just because it's labeled Christian on Amazon doesn't necessarily mean it's good. Right. But so you talk to a, your pastor, whatever you ask, Hey, what, what are some good things I can read and they can help you out? Um, but but learn about the Christian faith. Learn what the Bible says and get to know that well. And then you can start. And then at times, yeah, I've read, you know, another book that I read. This is a while ago now, but I've referred to it a fair number of times um, is uh, how, to, how to Create an Atheist or something like that. It's uh, by Peter Bogosian, who's who's an atheist philosopher, and he's he's actually talking about like evangelism for atheists. Like, here's what atheists should do to go out and create atheists. And I read it because I wanted to understand – Honestly, it was a it was a lot like reading an evangelism book that a Christian might write, just about be, making them atheists instead of Christians. Yeah. I was like, "Wow, this is sounds like Screw Tape Letters Part Two. Well, not Screw Tape, more like uh, you know, but it's coming from the the uh, the side of the atheist. like contagious Christian or something, mm-hmm. but contagious atheists. Like it was, yeah. but the some of the methods were eerily similar. 
Um, some of them weren't. Was he a former uh, former believer or no? I don't think so, no. Not that I know of. Okay. Um, but that's another book I've read. I've read uh, Sam Harris. I've read... Um, you know, I, I've read a lot of atheists, and I think it can be helpful, but I, I think you should be careful. Like, you shouldn't just—it shouldn't be the first thing you're reading mm-hmm. if you're a young believer. If, you, if you're if you solid in your faith, then yeah, absolutely. Go ahead and read some of that stuff. But, you know, it's probably like—for me, it's probably like 80-20. 80% of what I'm reading is, is going to be the Bible or, or Christian books that um, are solid or— Sometimes sure. other authors that aren't Christian necessarily, but I generally disagree or generally agree with about certain things. And then, you know, about 15 to 20% of it will be people that challenge that. Gotcha. gotcha. Or videos or whatever. So you can help me. So you can help understand a little bit where they're coming from. Yeah. And, yeah. and look, if I don't have the best arguments, then, then I don't want to use bad arguments. So if, if I'm using an argument that's not good, then I want to, I want to know. I'm going to throw it away. Yeah. Well, John, um, the other thing you kind of brought up this, this Sunday yeah. Was um I know you talked you talked about the LB uh, GQ whatever <laughs> oh my L- goodness whatever is plus whatever LBGTQ plus yeah okay yeah. um and you brought it up you know and that and that, that that might be something where I go you know so don't slander what you don't understand so you don't understand obviously but we're not slander but you have to at least call it call it I gotta call it I gotta call it what it is according to scripture uh huh right but I want to be. Uh, I also want to be obedient to scripture and it's the right thing anyways, which scripture shows the right thing. But, um, you know, I want to, I want to love people. Um, they're created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. The identity of, of, of our, our identity is far less about our sexuality and much more about who we are in Christ. Like that's what, that's what our focus should be is who am I in Christ? How did God design me to be? What impact has the fall hat had on that? Uh, identity, but, and then if I've, if I know Jesus, then I'm identified first and foremost by being united with him, um, in faith through the cross and through, through redemption, I've received forgiveness and righteousness that came from Jesus. Right. Like that's my identity. The problem a lot of times is that when you talk to people who are LGBTQ plus, their identity is their sexuality. Like there's almost no distinction between that and anything else. So if you talk about that and you say, here's what the Bible says about it, then you're attacking them. You're attacking their, their personhood. I mean, could you understand why they would feel that way? I understand it, but I think it's based on a false premise. I, mm. But I understand it. And mm. I think you can have empathy without agreeing. You, you can have empathy and, and understand that those are real issues. And, I, and I've uh, ha- had good friends who struggled with some of this stuff. Um, and... I, man, it's it's a struggle. I don't fully understand it, but I know it's real, and I can have empathy for that. But I also must uh, stand on the truth of the word of God at the same time, and what that says. And look, there are there are you know if you're if you're not LGBTQ plus, you're you know straight, you're attracted to the opposite uh, sex, and you are cisgender, which means you identify as your biological sex. So if you're you're male, you, you identify as 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 a man, and you are attracted to the opposite sex. And that has its own sin issues, right? And whether it's pornography, whether it's just lust or those kinds of things, like there are sin issues there too. And I'm not trying to uh, elevate one sin over the other, but um, people generally recognize that and it's generally accepted in the wider culture. That what that that um you shouldn't be sinning in your heterosexual... Yeah, um, that, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, like we kind of, maybe not 100% and uh, or whatever, but there's... You know, nobody's trying to shove it down our throats, so to speak. 
that kind of thing. And so with the LGBTQ+, plus, we're told we're hateful and things like that if we say that it's a sin, um, which just, it, it ought not to be. We better not be being hateful. If we are, we need to repent for the, of that. Sure. But, um, but uh, we, but the Bible is pretty clear on that um, in, in a number of passages, Romans 1 and, and Corinthians and Leviticus and a couple of different passages in 18 and 20, I believe. Um, you know, so there's, there's, uh, Bible's pretty clear on that. And so, you know, we, we need to contend for that and contend for God's created order, the way he designed us to be and, and for human flourishing mm. in that. So, yeah, so I think, I, yeah. Um, I, I mean, obviously this is a hard topic to talk about and I, really I do hard. feel like, I do feel like, you know, you know, certain, um, People do get picked on, you know, and I and I understand why you still need why you almost need to con- like you said you have to contend with what's the essentially the what's in front of you saying that this is this is okay, and where no one else says well it's okay for me to cheat on my wife it's okay for right. me to you know live well, with my, yeah we agree on that so there's yeah, no fight over yeah it. there's no there's no there's no battle there's, there's no, no battle contention. but yeah. there it does happen and and I can see like sometimes in the church maybe we do turn it feels like a maybe a blind eye to that kind of stuff. Um, well, here's the thing, right? Like we, earlier we talked about how people are inconsistent. Guess what the church is made up of? Inconsistent people. Okay. Right? Like that's not an excuse. It's just a reality, right? Like we can't, we can't get to everything and we're not going to treat everything equally. And we ought to and we ought to strive for that. Um, we ought to strive for integrity in that. That should be what we strive for. But we're not going to get it right all the time on mm-hmm. that. And in and some ways too, like it can be hidden too. Yeah, of course. That, that's the thing, yeah. you know. Um, where, whereas maybe – maybe a homosexual relationship is harder to hide, you know, because it's right. But, if, but if, your pornography addiction is pretty easy to hide. Yeah. Easy to hide. Or you, uh, flirting with other girls if you're right. married. Yeah. Stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, that, that stuff is much easier to hide. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it's, it's less public. Yeah. Yeah. So John, why, why do we even care? Why do we even care about, um, battling sin? I mean, what, yeah. what is the, I mean, and, and just in general, like whether it's homosexual or heterosexual sin, yeah. you know, what is, why, what, who cares? Yeah, right. Especially like, yeah. you know, well, it doesn't really harm anybody, right? Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like, kind of, like, why, why does, why does the gay couple down the street um, who, seem, who yeah. are living together, married or whatever, they're, and they're happy and, and they're, they're, I want to, I want to say happy because I think there's, I think there's some questions about that, but, um, but we'll just assume it's true. Okay. Uh, for the for sake of argument, they're happy. Why, what does that, what does that matter to me? Well, it matters a lot, right? And here's here's why. There's a whole God has designed the world to operate in a certain way, and what we think is that we can we can do whatever we want. We can we can break those rules or those laws, whether they are the natural natural law, right, or whether it's biblical. We think we can break those rules, and it won't have any significant harm, but it will, if not on us, on society in general, right? So God designed the family to to work in a particular way, and when it does, when we operate in the family the way God designed it to operate, then there's human flourishing on a, on a societal level, not just an individual level, but on a societal level. Kids grow up with mom and dads. I'm, man, this is, this is the kind of stuff that you say this kind of stuff and you're, you know, you're considered, oh, you're one of those fundamentalist Bible-believing Christians and you know, archaic or whatever. No, this is what God, how God designed it to be. And even if you look at scientific studies, like kids do better with a mom and a dad. They just do. Yeah. You don't, you don't, they just do. Uh, kids need dads in their lives. They need moms in their lives. They, they, whether it's a, a girl kid or a boy kid, right? Like they, they need them both. Um, and, and, and family is supposed to, again, when it's operating the way God has designed it to operate, provide a good, positive, stable environment for kids to grow up in. 
That's what it's supposed to do. So when you start messing with how God designed the family to operate, and same-sex marriage is part of that, even I would even go back no-fault divorce way back in the day when that started to be a thing. Um, that messed with the family. You know, people would often say, well, it's, uh, this was an argument for a long time. People would say, well, it's better that a kid grow up in a happy family than a family that's together. And, and what we found is this, that's not what the studies show. The studies show that the kid's better off with a mom and a dad, even if everything's not always happy. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not talking about abuse and that kind of stuff. I'm just, you know, but, but there's problems in a marriage, but they stay together for the sake of the kids. The kid's better off that way. Well, also what tells the kid is you push through it. You push through. It's you commitment, right? Through. Love yeah. is not how I feel today. And tomorrow I might feel different. Therefore, we'll get divorced or we break up or we separate or whatever. And so, yeah, so we need to contend for the family. That's part of it. Um, and, and that's part of part of uh, how the gospel presents itself. I mean, you, you go to uh, Ephesians 5 and, and Paul uses marriage as, as a living example of what, what the relationship between uh, Christ and the church is. And that, that's, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about, you know, husbands, you love your wives as, as what? Christ loved the church. And at the very end of that chapter, he says, he says this marriage thing is a mystery, but I'm talking about the church. So his, his main point in that passage, he is talking about marriage, but he's, his main point is the church. And so this marriage, marriage is a reflection of the relationship between God and his church. Mm-hmm. And, and we need to remember that. And that's why it's important uh, to get that right. So, John, let's just say, so, you know, we we want to follow the design of what God is, how God has created things, you know, for, for our own best. Yeah. You know, like it just, it just even in in your daily life, you know, you want to honor the way the designer, the creator created you mm-hmm. so that you can be essentially fully optimized here on earth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and whether we would agree on that or not, you know, um, so you, we, we, no, I mean, I would agree with you, but yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I know what you mean. I think, but the, but the point is, I think maybe the, the, you know, maybe the, the, the couple that's, that's living in sin together, yeah. you know, they're, they would say, well, you know, this makes us happy or whatever makes us happy. But you're saying that they're not experiencing the fullness of what God has to offer. That's absolutely what I'm saying. If you can, I think if you go back to Matthew's Sermon on the Mount, right, and we have the Beatitudes, and I think the Beatitudes are in part, um, and you go back and you look at the Greek and the Greek word, um, you know, that's translated blessed, and and really there's an idea of human flourishing that goes along with that that Greek word there. Um, and we did a series on this a while ago. I think you actually preached that sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, but but. You know, human flourishing is when we do these things, right? And then, but in the in the Sermon on the Mount, in that same thing, Jesus says, "Be holy as I'm holy. Be perfect as I'm perfect," right? Um, and and it's and so there's this idea that, uh, you know, that's what we're supposed to strive for because that's how God designed us to be. It's like it's like, and I've used this example or similar examples before. You use a screwdriver for a pry bar, you just end up breaking the screwdriver, right? Mm-hmm. Because the screwdriver wasn't designed for that. And you might think, oh, it'll get the job done. And sometimes it does get the job done. Um, sometimes you get away with it, right? But if you keep doing it, eventually it's going to break. And, and, that's, and that's, so I think people go, oh, this makes me happy. Maybe in the moment. Um, you know, Tim Keller in his, in his book on marriage talks about longitudinal studies. Where they, in longitudinal studies, what they find is that in marriage, and we've talked a lot about marriage today, but in marriage, um, People who stick together through the hard times, if they'll fight through, especially like the first five years of their marriage, that that their marriage is so much stronger and they're so much happier in their marriage because they've fought through those things. They've learned how to contend for their marriage and 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 work through problems they might have with each other. 
and then it leads to um, men being more godly, women being more godly, raising kids who are more godly. All of that stuff follows uh, if, if people will fight for their marriage, even when it's really hard. You know, it's it's uh, when I when I think about you know sin and and flourishing and all that kind of stuff. I always I kind of go back to nutrition a lot. Yeah, you know, because I think God created the body to eat certain foods. That's right. Yeah, and it's eat a certain quantity of food. Yeah, you know, and uh, not to overeat. And I look at you know the the food in our culture and and how you know and I'm guilty. I'm as guilty as you know as, as <laughs> anyone. You know, and you're you're doing really good with, with clean eating most but, of the time. Most, most of the time. time. But the, yeah. I think that I look at food and I go. You know, that's, you know, the body was not designed to intake certain oh, kinds of food. And there's yeah, especially all that processed stuff, right? Like they yeah. didn't have that. And there's going to be, con- there's, there are consequences. So yeah. I think, I think what, what yeah. Christians are like, Christians oh, are like, makes me feel good time. These Oreos. Well, yeah. But the, what Christians are like to the, to the society and it's so annoying. Right. right. They're like you, John, who, <laughs> who is uh, running and you're, you're, you're putting your body through good work. Like it's supposed yeah. to be, you're burning things, you're eating clean. You get to the point where you're like, I feel great. And I want everyone to feel great. Yeah. And yes. I want to say something. And to to us who are eating McDonald's, you know, like well, I'm we planning just get, on you doing. You just get mad, Yeah, right? I just like, get mad. Don't tell me quit how to judging live. me. Quit. I feel good. I feel happy. I'm good. My happy meal makes me happy. My happy, I'm happy, you know? But yeah. in reality, deep down inside, I know I'm not happy. Deep yeah. down inside. And I resent you for, for finding, essentially, right. for flourishing. Right. Um, right. So I think that's where it's hard for us as Christians because we go, and we don't do this perfectly because I don't live uh, I'm not flourishing on a daily basis the way God in, intended me. That's but right. we understand that there is a way to flourish. There is. And when we're not flourishing, we know why. Yeah. We need to confess, you know, and, and whatnot. So I think what what's so hard for, you know, you know, in the in sexual, you know, sexual sin and whatnot, uh, whether it's heterosexual or homosexual. Right. Um, the reality is, is we are annoying. We get it. But yes, but we do. Yeah, it. We are. We do it because we love. It's right. Kind of, yeah, it's kind of like your kids, right? Like clean your room, and they don't clean your clean your room. Don't, like you, all of a sudden you're you're trying to annoy them because you, they need to clean their room. Yeah. Right. Or whatever, whatever the good thing is. Or, or take care of yourself. Or brush your teeth. Or, yeah, yeah. Whatever it is. Right. And I think that's that. I think that's uh, that's a good analogy, Johnny. And it's uh, yeah, we get we get annoying not because we hate you, but because we love you, and we want you to flourish. We want society to flourish. We want culture to flourish. We and we understand because the Bible teaches us and and. You, you'll experience it if you follow what the Bible says. You know, we understand that there's things that feel good today that are going to harm us tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, uh, the, the point I was even also going to get. Uh, so aside from flourishing here on earth yeah. and being happy and living the way that really God intended us for live, to yeah. live and, be, and to be happy, if we don't do the things that God designed us to do, yeah. whether it's eating or sleeping or exercising or sexual um being pure in our sexuality, yeah, yeah. whatever, yeah. If we don't do those things, John, there's consequences. There are huge, and, and and not even here on earth, yeah. But why? why I mean, why are there consequences, John? Why? Why does? Why can't? Why can't I just do be happy and do what I want? Why does God have to get me in the end? What is? Why does God have to what? <laughs> judge? Why judge you? Why do I got to be judged? Yeah, why do okay. I got to be judged? Well, well, I, again, it's God designed us to 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 operate in a, in a certain way and and the fall has impacted it right so i think all of those things that cause us to want to operate in ways that we're not designed to operate are because of the fall it's evidence of the fall it's it's evidence of the fall and the reality of the fall and the fall still with us and sin still impacts us and all of those things right but god designed us good and he designed us to operate in a very particular way to accomplish his purposes that he might be glorified that we might be in relationship with him that we might love him that he might love us he gave us good 
uh, work to do in the garden to, to, to manage his creation. And it was good work. It was God honoring. It was worship and work and all of those kinds of things. He gave that to us to do. And then when we start breaking stuff, which is kind of what we do, right? We decided we didn't want to obey God. We decided we wanted to be God. And then, and that's in Adam and Eve. And we still do, we still make those decisions. Like we still try to do this. We still think um, that we can control everything in the universe. I mean, right now we're trying to to battle a virus. And, and I think I'll just be honest. Like, I think it's arrogant to think that we can control this virus. I, I just, we, we, we're human. We can't, we've been fighting the common cold for how many, you know, whatever. I don't even, I don't know when the, I don't know when we found the common cold, but it had to be around. For, I mean, it was common. So it, it was, was common, be, right? Yeah. Like, so hundreds of been years, around. whatever, yeah, yeah. thousands of years, maybe. I don't, I don't know. But anyways, you know, we've been, we haven't found that we can't, I'm not saying we don't do anything. I'm just saying, that we we think that we can control all these things that we and can sit in the place of God yeah. and we, and remove the consequences and the consequence it's not that God's sitting there going mm, I want to like put my thumb on you and smash you it's not that He designed us to operate in a particular way and when we reject that we are not just we are not just saying I want to live in some other way we're je- rejecting God's authority His sovereignty and His initial intent in creation when we do that mm-hmm. we we are rejecting what he created us for. We are saying we don't want to be obedient to you and be in proper relationship with you. That's what we are saying when we reject what God, what God yeah, has and created. And we embrace sin. And we embrace sin. And like, almost like you said before too, it's, you know, we think about judgment as God just going, you didn't make it. You didn't do it. It's you know, not it. it's almost like him saying, I'm going to give you what you want. Yeah. I'm and that's what, what Romans one for. talks about. Right. And yeah. I turn them over to their own sin. Yeah. I'm yeah, going to give, give you what you want. It's yeah. That's day. your judgment is, you know, so it's basically like, you know, if I'm, eating poorly and I get, you know, you know, if I get sick or I get some sort of disease or I get, you know, um, cancer because of that, I mean, it's what I wanted. I mean, I I don't want it, but it's what I, what I ultimately, you know, I did, I did, I made those not, not obviously, you know, cancer doesn't just come for, yeah, because you make bad food choices, but you know what I'm saying? But there are consequences to poor diet, you know, and I experienced a lot of consequences. I'm I'm getting the judgment of what I want, you know, and that's just, I want the uh, salt and the saturated fat and the fried food. It's good. Right. It does. It tastes good. So John, we had a question from one of our, our, our congregants, um, from, uh, Michelle and, uh, and basically if you have a question, you know, especially after the, you know, podcasts like this too, where it's kind of, you know, sensitive issues. And I think we did a good job. But, um, you know, email us, podcast at gfol.org, and okay. I would love to talk about it. But so Michelle was asking the question, um, you know, you said that we cannot c- affirm the LB- LGBTQ+, plus, right, behaviors, and claim the authority of Scripture. Yeah. I My know. question is, how do we still love those who do affirm those be- behaviors and yet still be a contender? Right. So how do you love, I guess, how do you love and yet still yeah. say truth, I guess, and, and contend? Well, the first thing we do is, is, uh, we don't make this the issue that we talk about all the time, right? Yeah. We don't, we don't need to, we don't, we need to not, we're not running to them and go, the first thing we want to talk about is whatever sins in their life. I mean, I don't know what sins in your life, but if, if somebody, if the first thing somebody always wanted to talk about was whatever sin is in my life, uh, I, I would talk stop about, talking to that person, yeah. right? Like, I, I don't want to talk about that. And, and part of that is conviction of the Holy Spirit and knowing that that's a real thing for me. Right. And so, and so knowing that, that, uh, that, that's a potential problem and, and, and I feel attacked and whatever. And so we don't want to, we don't want to do that and we don't have to. I think there comes a time when you have to talk about that. But again, I would always want to be, um, we, we can, we can love that person in the sense we can be with them, the ministry of presence, right? Just be with them. We can enjoy things together. If we have common, 
hobbies or, or things we enjoy. We can talk about those things. They, you know, if you, they both love the Broncos or whatever it is, they could talk about and enjoy those things. Um, I think that's really, really important to, and then we can celebrate, find the things we can celebrate in their life. Right. Um, we can't, we can't celebrate a, a same sex relationship, a romantic relationship. We can't celebrate that, but we can celebrate that they, uh, got a promotion at their job or that they, um, got a new house or, or what, what, you know, things like that, right? Right. Like they, they found a new place to live. They got good grades if they're in school or whatever the case might be. We can celebrate, find the things we can celebrate and celebrate those things with them. Right. You know, um, rejoice with those who rejoice Romans 12. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think we can do that. Um, and, and we should, we should look forward to that when we can talk about Jesus, talk about Jesus. But when we talk about sin, we might not want to go to the one sin that is the worst and most difficult for them First and foremost, right? Whether they know it or not, yeah. Whether they know it or not. One that we see. One one that we see. So, but we do need to help people understand that they need a savior, that we're all fallen, that we all need a savior. So you find ways to do that um, in the course of things. You know, you you be opportunistic and patient. I think evangelism, if you can learn those two words in evangelism, I think that's super important. Be opportunistic and be patient, right? Be patient in a relationship. Wait for the appropriate time. Be opportunistic when there's loss, when there's life change, when those things uh, strike, so to speak, that's your opportunity to, to begin to talk about what Jesus has, has done for, for them or for you. You know, do it from a personal, man, I found that when I struggle with whatever things, things that I shouldn't do or whatever, that, that when I, uh, that Jesus is, is loving and he, and he wants to grant me grace. And, and I know I'm not perfect and righteous, but he gives that to me. And, you know, so I would say those things, be patient, opportunistic and evangelism, learn those two words. Right, we can't live. We can't win the world in a day or a week or a month or a year. Mm. Um, and so, be patient, build relationships, love people, celebrate what we can celebrate. When the time comes, allow the Holy Spirit to convict. He might convict through your words. Be careful, be winsome, you know. Um, be kind and gentle. First Peter three fifteen. Right, um, but but don't be afraid. That's good. Be bold. You know, maybe maybe feel like what you're saying, kind of like how we should parent our kids. Yeah. Because I think sometimes as parents, we look at our kids and we notice the glaring uh, problems problems in their lives, uh, and it, and and the unconfessed ones that, that they don't confess, you know, yeah. or they don't realize. And so I think sometimes we parent like you know we want to focus so much on correcting certain behaviors that we right. see that are that are we believe are harming them. Right. And and yet we forget to affirm all the great things that they're doing. Right. You know. So I think it's like. Almost like you got to be aware of what's going on and be, um, you know, um, have good tactic when, yeah. or tact when it comes to that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. But and affirm the good things that are going on. One example of this is say somebody, you know, I'll just give it an example. Like say somebody, say I have a friend who um, is is gay or something like that. And they want to, they're going to go get married to somebody of the same uh, sex as they are. And they go, hey, John, would you, can you please come to my, come to my wedding? Uh, that's actually a, an opportunity. It's a scary one because my answer is going to be no. I'm not going to come to your wedding um, because I, I believe that when you go to somebody's wedding, you're affirming the relationship, you're affirming what they're doing, and you're celebrating with them, and I can't celebrate that. But that's also an opportunity for me to say, hey, man, I love you. I do. With all my heart, I, I love you, um, and, and, and you're my friend, and, and I cherish our friendship and those kinds of things, but I can't attend your wedding. I, I can't. It's, I, I, I don't believe that's r- what you're doing is right. Um, 
and and I and I can't celebrate it. But I still want to maintain my friendship. I still love you, and and maybe we can all get together for dinner afterward. You know, and and at some point or something yeah. like that. So you know, you find ways. Now that might you know you might go, well, I don't know. They might not be my friend anymore. Well, that that's possible. Um, but that's possible. But it's not because of you. And in the same way, uh, you would hope that if there is something in your life that they could not celebrate because of their own convictions, your hope is that they would still still maintain the friendship, and you wouldn't expect them to celebrate whatever it is that is against their convictions. And you might, and hopefully, you might be able to receive it or at least understand it. Yeah, and you should understand it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The the second part of that question was um, with just you know her her kids and whatnot. She's noticing that um, in school it seems to be more of a thing, you know, which is like, what, like a cool thing. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. Um, but the, where kids might come out as gay and then push, um, her to like, you know, think about, think like them. Mm-hmm. Um, and schools now want to teach those things, you yeah. know, and, it, and, and we kind of avoid those subjects. So how do, uh, do you have any advice for how to encourage our youth to face, uh, what the world says and say strong in God's word? Yeah, man, it's, it's, tough. it's, it's so much harder than it used to be. Because I would say we're fairly mature, yeah, fairly mature, fairly. And, and I think even you know, or you know, you'll see a lot of ad- adult Christians who are terrible when it comes to t- yeah. being loving and kind yes. and patient. You know, yes. they just blurt out terrible things. You know, I think we're a little bit more uh, mature in how to handle ha- handle that. Yeah. But then I think these poor young young kids are kind of put into that situation. This is this is extremely difficult. I mean, when I was growing up, when I was in like middle school, high school, whatever, like the big argument was about what they're going to teach in biology class because they're going to teach evolution and you know that kind of, that whole thing, right? Yeah. Like that was the big big issue is how do how do I as a Christian uh, and and honestly, you kind of just went eh, whatever, you know. I'm going to do my schoolwork, get get I'll, my grades, and I'll take the test. You know, and- maybe I'll say something in class, but I'm not going to make a big fight out of it. And honestly, even if I did say something in class. You know what? Somebody make cracks a joke or something, and then that's it, right? Well, now we live in cancel culture. Like you're gonna get, you're gonna get canceled, mm-hmm. right? Like you're gonna get cyberbullied. You're gonna get, uh, honestly, you might be sent home from school and suspended, right? Depending on what you say. Like there, there are real hard um, consequences, and so, so we have to be careful and winsome. Um, and I think it's a challenge. And I think the temptation is to do nothing and say nothing and just try to fade into the background. I think that's becoming less and less possible. I think it's harder and harder to do that. And, I, and I'm not sure it's the right thing to do. Now, it might depend on where your kid's at, how, their maturity level in their faith, um, their willingness to be persecuted for their faith. I think it's a good teaching moment, right? You can go back to Matthew chapter 5, again, the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those who are persecuted, right? And, and right at the end of the Beatitudes, it says that. It's like the last Beatitude. And, and so, blessed are those who are persecuted. Jesus also said, remember when they hate you, they hated me first. Um, there is persecution for believing what we believe. There 100% is. And it's becoming stronger. And it's becoming more significant. And our, and our high schoolers, in a lot of ways, are um, dealing with this in a way that we never had to on these kinds of issues, right? And so... Um, so I would say this, a uh, great book to read is Tactics by Greg Kokel, and there's actually a chapter in there that specifically talks about being a student, learning how to ask really good questions. And and you can ask, so so get good at asking questions. That's, when, yeah, it's less attacking. I it's think. less attacking, it'll, it'll, and you can, if, you're, if you can get good at identifying uh, problems and how people are reasoning, how they're thinking, and then just ask questions about those things, gather information, why should we believe that, you know, what? 
what about people who believe something different? You know, that could be a good question to ask. Uh, that you might ask, you might ask a teacher, hey, how, do, how are we supposed to, you know, what about people who believe differently than we do? What, what about people who believe that's wrong? And this is this other thing is right. You know, how, you know, how, how, how should you treat them and see what they say? You mm-hmm. know, uh, are they really tolerant or are they not? You'll find out real fast, right? If it's cancel them, then they're not very tolerant. And then you can point that out, right? And if it's, hey, those people need to be corrected. We can't tolerate that. Um, they need to be suspended, canceled in culture, whatever it is. Then you say, say, well, that's, aren't we supposed to be tolerant? That doesn't seem very tolerant to me. Help me understand that. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can begin to ask those kinds of questions to point out the hypocrisy in their own views. And so if you're good at asking questions, you can do it that way. Yeah. And again, Tactics by Greg Kogel. It, there's a chapter specifically in there about being a student. But for students, don't get in a public argument with your teacher. That might be the temptation. Don't do it. Number one, you're not equipped. You're not equipped to stand up to them. To an adult, they're yeah. smart. They've been around longer. They're probably more articulate. They're probably able to, to reason at a faster pace than you, um, even if you're really smart, right? And they have the bully pulpit. They can tell you to sit down and shut up. Yeah. No, you can't tell them to sit down and shut up, right? Like, so they have the bully pulpit. So don't get in an argument with them. But if you can ask good questions, you can lead a conversation without being aggressive. Okay. Uh, cool. Yeah, I think um, I think another thing too is it you know having a parent who is willing to talk these kind of things through. Yeah. And uh, we well, thank thank you for you know Michelle for for asking these questions too. Yeah, and and maybe do a little Bible study with your kid. Mm-hmm. Do a little Bible study on the on the issues that they're facing. Go. Here's what the Bible says about these things. You know, look up the issues that deal with homosexuality. Look up the issues that deal with loving your neighbor and things like that and say, how do we synthesize these? Do a little brainstorming session with your kid. I think that would be super good. Yeah, it's funny. In high school, I used to wear, I, you know, I, was, I oh, used no. to advocate for uh, for uh, sex in marriage. Yeah. And so I would, it wasn't really about homosexuality back then because right. I'm, I'm old, right. you know, but it was a lot of, there was a lot of promiscuity yeah. and, and whatnot. So I would advocate for uh, same uh, sex in marriage. Yeah. And I got a lot of, I got a lot of flag for that. Yeah. But, uh, but it, and, and a positive view of how God created sexuality. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's kind of what you're talking mm-hmm. about. And I think that's super good too. Yeah. And it was, uh, I mean, yeah, I got some flag for it, but I didn't get as much as, as I, as I could have. And hopefully, you know, maybe some, some people saw it and desired yeah. to, to honor themselves and, and to honor God by doing yeah. that. So, yeah. Uh, John, any other resources? I know you recommended, uh, Coco and tactics and a few other, you even brought up some, uh, some, uh, which I pushed you into ours, but, uh, some, some, some other, uh, some books that, by atheists or, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah. But, but resources for us. Yeah. You 80%. know, I think, I think, uh, you know, there's a book by Christopher Yuan and it's Christopher Y U A N. Mm-hmm. That's how you say or spell his name. Christopher Yuan. Um, I think it's called Holy Sexuality or something like that. Um, and I think that's a good approach for us to have. It's not going to give you the, you know, the how to have a discussion thing about it, but I think it'll create a positive view of sexuality. And he is someone who, um, same sex attracted. I think that's how he'd put it. Um, that he's same, he's same sex attracted, but he wants to honor God with his sexuality. And so he is, he is abstinent. So he is not, he does not participate in any kind of, uh, sexual, um, sexual relationships of any kind, unless God should someday provide a wife for him, um, in some way, maybe however that might look. So, so he is, but he, I think it's called holy sexuality or something like that. And I think that's a very good resource to create a positive view of sexuality. And it comes from somebody who, um, lived the gay lifestyle for many, many years, Mm. um, and a bunch of other stuff too, but, and, and then found Jesus and repented and, 
and yeah. So. No, that's that's all. That's gonna be an interesting read. Um, cool. So, John, anything else? Or are you good? I think I'm good, man. What's the big idea for this week? A contender, a contender for the faith will be able to to discern. Man, let me see if I can speak. A contender for the faith will be able to discern false teaching and false teachers. See you next time. Thank you for joining us on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, where we believe in real grace for real living. We'll see you next week.